everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. And today I have an awesome guest. He's an entrepreneur, YouTuber, podcaster, author, and speaker. He has been an entrepreneur since dropping out of university at age 19. Now 50 years old, he has built businesses in publishing, digital marketing, adult education and coaching, and preschool education, and sold each of them. And during the pandemic, he made 48 business acquisitions to create the fourth largest group in his sector in under three years. And one notable deal was buying a five million pound annual revenue digital marketing company from its private equity owner for just one pound and selling it for 1.3 million pounds in just 11 months later. He's an advocate of a healthy work-life balance, suffering mental and physical burnout, and believes you can achieve success without business taking over your life. And he now helps people buy businesses and helps them to avoid expensive mistakes. As he says, he has made them all. Welcome, Jonathan Jay, and thank you for being on my show. Well, thank you for the invitation. Great to be here. Awesome, mate. I'm sure it's going to be a great value-packed show for everyone watching and listening today. So firstly, you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, Please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Sure. So, so I dropped out of university at age 19, which is a sort of a, a requisite of all entrepreneurs, apparently. Um, you have to leave, leave education early. And I, 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 I've never regressed it, never looked back on that and regressed it. I, I went into um, business immediately. I wasn't particularly bothered about what sort of business I, I owned, really. I just wanted to be in business. I had this drive to to make my own mark, do my own thing. And I've been doing that now for, uh, well, 30, uh, 33 years. Um, you very kindly said I was 50 in that introduction. I'm, I, I'm nearly 52. Um, so um, uh, I, I've been in this for a while. And I, I've experienced most things that entrepreneurs have experienced. I've experienced the highs and the lows. And uh, what I think is, is slightly different about the way I approach this is that I'm very happy to talk about the lows as well as the highs. Uh, I think some people make everything sound incredible, you know, rainbows and unicorns and it all, 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 all so wonderful. Um, but the other, the other side of the coin is that um, with business, there are always challenges. And uh, I specialize now helping other people buy businesses and I don't sugarcoat it. I don't say to people, well, you can buy a business with your eyes closed and it's uh, very, very easy. Um, it's certainly straightforward if you have a system, if you have a process, but, uh, but, but like most things in life, if, if it's, if it's worth it, it isn't going to be easy. Um, but the results can be absolutely incredible. So I've got people who, who started off um, unemployed, you know, they, they weren't working and uh, within one year they own in this particular case, I'm thinking of right now, uh, a, a business with annual revenues of seven million pounds, making one million pounds profit a year. So the transformation can be very, very fast. But there's obviously there's effort, there's work in the meantime. And uh, I've been doing this for a long time now, so I've seen just about every single situation imaginable. Yeah, awesome, mate. I love the the story and and how you're helping others now. And I, I dropped out of school as well, my final year, so I know okay. how it's to to drop out. Is that, <laughs> that thing where we're not you know, fitting into the standard system, I guess, and doing things a little bit differently. So, um, but you've uh, definitely got some great experience um, in what you've done and yeah, some amazing deals. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are a bit skeptical, right, of, of what you're saying. So like, 
is it really possible to, to buy a business without risking you know your own cash oh yeah ab absolutely i mean that's just the smart way of doing it i mean the, the the way most people think that you buy a business is you go to the bank and you arrange a loan and the collateral for the loan is your house is your real estate and then you take that money that you borrowed from the bank you give it to the owner of the business they hand you the keys and now you've bought the business well of course you can do it like that and a lot of people do do it like that but there's a far smarter way of doing it and the smarter way of doing it is to number one don't use your own house as collateral that's a, a big uh, a big no-no we, we we never want to do that but um, secondly, the bank will typically ask you to put in some money to combine with their loan to make up the purchase price. Uh, and sometimes we call this a down payment. Sometimes we call it um, initial consideration, depending upon the, sort of the type of phrase that you're using. However, the way we approach things is to finance the acquisition 100%. So we don't put any of our own money in. And I say this to people, even if they're well off, even if they're rich. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. At some point, you're going to run out if you are giving some of your money each time for each acquisition. So the reason I've got people who bought uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 businesses is because they aren't running out of their own money. They're not risking their own cash. And there are lots of different ways of doing this, but typically we we combine several different ways of financing to piece together like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle to provide the seller with what they want. But on the other side, we also negotiate hard. So we negotiate really good deals on really good terms. Yeah, awesome. Love that. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely I agree that, you know, this is a powerful area and I've been learning about it, um, you know, more recently as well. And, uh, you know, because starting a business from scratch is quite hard, right? Like I've done it with multiple times and I'm sure you have it, yes, and yes. many people have, but let's talk about, you know, the difference between starting from scratch and why, you know, buying a business, you know, is faster as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you, I've, I've started businesses um, from zero and you do spend a period of time at the beginning, one, two, maybe even three years, not making very much money, wondering whether it's going to work. Um, maybe even putting money into the business rather than taking money out of the business uh, and you know, sometimes risking everything to make that business work. Now, I was happy to do that in my 20s. I really don't think that um, I want to do that uh, being a, a little bit older now. So um, the, the, the smartest way of doing this is to buy an existing business that already has a product or service that's tried and tested and liked by the consumer. Um, a, a business that already has an office and staff and systems and financial systems. A business that already has a website and marketing and a brand. And probably more important than any of those, a business that has cash flow. Because that's the hardest thing when you're starting a business, getting together that cash flow and making the business cash flow positively. So what we want to do is to buy a business that's established and profitable. Um, and sometimes people out there on the internet say, you know, buy a business that's underperforming. It's what we call distressed. It's on its knees. Um, you know, buy it for nothing, turn it around, turn it into a success story and sell it. Now, I've done that and it's really, really hard to do. I've done it successfully. And it's still hard to do. I've done it unsuccessfully. And it's really hard to do. So the smartest thing to do is to buy a business that's already making money. 
already got the positive cash flow because that is the secret of success in business. Yeah, I love that. So powerful. And uh, let's talk a bit about this, right? Because a lot of people are, you know, I'm thinking this and, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, yeah, that's great. But how do we find like these businesses, right? Because what would be the reason why somebody would, you know, potentially want to sell, right? One of these businesses in there so that we could find something that's a decent business that has cash flow and everything like that. So what what is, you know, some secrets about, you know, the reasons behind this and, and finding, you know, these, these great businesses? Yeah, sure. So there's, there's a massive misconception that the only reason someone sells a business is because there's something wrong with the business. I mean, that is just so, so wrong. I mean, that that is someone coming at this from completely the wrong mindset. Um, people sell businesses for reasons other than money as well. People sell businesses because of retirement. People sell businesses because of ill health. People sell businesses because they're moving away or they want more time to spend with the grandchildren or maybe even a combination of all of those things. And yes, some people sell businesses because they want to to make lots of money. Typically, that's not the type of owner that we work with because that owner is all about maximizing the cash that they make from the business. What we're looking for is an owner that has a priority other than money so a priority like one of the ones that i mentioned typically it's retirement there are more people at retirement age or coming up to retirement age in the world than ever before so there are so many of these people who don't have a succession plan and they reach their 60s and they're thinking what happens to this business when i decide to you know go and spend time in the holiday home and uh and and spend time with the grandchildren so As a result, we've got so many businesses that are available to buy and they're the ones that we're looking for. And uh, we've got different ways of of finding these businesses. The worst place to find a business like this is one that's advertised with uh, a business broker. So a business broker is uh, like an estate agent, a realtor for businesses. And as soon as a a business broker um, advertises a business for sale, um, we know that it's overpriced because the business broker typically goes for uh, a price, uh, a price point that's higher than reality, simply because they want to get the the listing from the business owner. So if there are two business brokers looking at the same business, one business broker might say, uh, I think you'll get $500,000 for this. The other business broker says, well, what did the what did the first guy say? Oh, 500,000? Oh, he's completely wrong. It's going to be a million dollars. And of course, the owner of the business signs the contract with the broker who said a million dollars. Now, the business broker now moves on to the next listing and, um, uh, and doesn't even think twice about that business. And it's the poor people in the office who have to now try and sell that business for a million dollars, which they know is going to be very difficult to do. So when someone's listed their business with a broker, they have very, very high expectations of value. So that's why we do not go to brokers. We go off market. We go to owners who've been thinking about selling their business, maybe for a while, but haven't yet done anything about it. They're the people that we want to speak to. So we we find these people by going directly to the owners. Now, Again, some people uh, advocate that you cold call business owners. I think that's a terrible idea. I mean, cold calling is hard. No one enjoys it. The recipient doesn't enjoy it. You doing the cold call, you don't enjoy it either. The very smartest way of doing this is to send letters. 
good old fashioned letters in envelopes with stamps on with a message that basically says, are you interested in selling your business? Obviously a little bit more elaborate than that, but are you interested in selling your business? And then you sit back and you wait for the phone to ring. And those are your motivated sellers. And that's what we want to do. Buy a business from a seller who's motivated to sell their business quickly. Yeah, I love that. Really powerful. And uh, it's so interesting because, you know, I know in Australia and it's similar in the UK, likely where it is a more aging demographic now of people and, and especially with the youth of today, where a lot of them want to do their own thing. They don't necessarily want to take over the family business, right? <laughs> At the same absolutely. time. That's exactly a very, very good reason. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like, what I want to do, I want to, I want to retire, but um, you know, got to move on and that's where, yeah, we can help and, and make it a win-win. So I love um, yes. that and, and a little letter thing. That's, that's very cool too. So um, let's talk a little bit about structuring the deal to some extent, right? Because sure. there's, I'm sure there's a lot of ways that you can do this and you talk about, you know, different ways of, of, of financing this, but you know, I know, for example, there, there's vendor finance, right? It is, is an, you know, it's something that you can use and a lot of businesses are bought this way, but people don't realize that, you know, generally. So do you want to maybe talk about a couple of strategies or something like that about just to get people yeah, sure. awareness that there's different ways of, you know, then going to the bank? Yeah, sure. So, so some easy, it's a bit, let me start again. Some businesses are easier to buy than others. There's no doubt about that. Some, some businesses are easier to finance than others. Now, what you've got to remember is you can't buy a business that you can't finance. So you could think it's the most amazing business. You could think that you could imagine yourself as the owner. But if you can't finance it, you can't buy it. It's just like looking at a, at a piece of property. You might say, well, that's an incredible, uh, an incredible uh, house. But if I can't raise the mortgage, if I haven't got the deposit, then I can't, I can't buy it. And it's exactly the same with businesses. So what we're looking for is a business that we can finance. The easiest businesses to finance are businesses that own real estate and businesses that have fixed assets. Now, a fixed asset is a piece of equipment or a piece of machinery, um, maybe in a factory or some sort of manufacturing type business. And when we've got fixed assets and real estate, we can get finance that uses those assets as collateral for the loan. So we can raise sometimes all of the asking price by refinancing the assets inside the business that we are buying. Now, the question people often have at this point is, well, hang on, how can you refinance assets inside the business that you're buying? You don't own those assets yet. Well, it's just like buying a piece of property. You get the mortgage all lined up. And on the day of completion, the day of closing, what happens is that the mortgage falls into place and the, the loan comes through and the property belongs to you. It's exactly the same with using asset finance or, uh, or property finance to buy the business. You mentioned vendor finance or owner finance or deferred consideration. The consideration being what we pay for the business where we defer it. This is where, in effect, we pay for the business over time. So we buy it now and we pay later and we might be buying it now and paying for it over one, two, three, four, five. And I've got clients doing this over 10 years. That means, and this is the really clever part, the business finances itself because we are using the profit that the business generates to pay the owner. Now, there's a variation on this where the amount that we pay the owner 
goes up and down depending upon the success of the business during that quarter or that year. This is actually my preferred way of doing it because it means that the acquisition is risk-free. And I'm all about helping people do this on a risk-free basis. It's risk-free because every business goes through ups and downs. No business is exactly the same year in, year out. The last thing you want is to buy the business and then it goes through one of those dips, but you've still got fixed payments to make to the owner. So what we do is we link those payments to the performance of the business. So if it goes through one of those dips, we pay the owner less during the dip. And when it goes through a peak, we pay the owner more at that point. So everyone wins. The owner can receive more. The seller doesn't have the risk of having payments that they can't make. Yeah, awesome. Love that. And uh, the true distinctions about yeah using the assets that they have as well as um, then the, the, the vendor side and paying it off over time with those dips, which I, I love as well. Really, really powerful stuff there. And you know, I know obviously, so this is looking at the deals and everything like that. But once we get into it and we're starting to understand the information, due diligence is a really key part, right? Of this, like, uh, what they're telling us is it actually true? And you know, are we going through looking at the assets or the financial situation of the business? So, when should we, you know, get into this? And, and I guess more importantly, as well, who should we get to help us, you know, in this process too? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is something you should not do yourself. So diligence is where we are checking that the business is what we think it is. And the price that we're paying is the correct price and the terms are the correct terms. So up to this point, the seller has really told us pretty much anything they want. So they've, they've built up the business. They're selling it, remember. So they're going to, to put their best foot forward and tell us all the, the positives about the business. And they probably omitted some of the things that they think that might not be appealing to you. And sometimes I think sellers naively think that you won't ever check, that you'll love the business so much, you'll just trust them and you'll you know, sign the check and, uh, and, and, and they'll be happy. It doesn't really work like that at all. So what we do once we've um, reached um, what we call the letter of intent, or sometimes we call the heads of terms stage, where we've got a framework for the deal, we've said that we want to buy it, they want to sell it, uh, this is what we're going to pay for it, these are the terms we're going to pay, and many maybe some special conditions. We've got this heads of terms document. That is what we give to our lawyer, and we say we now want a sale and purchase agreement based upon these heads of terms. But I would suggest a couple of weeks before you give that to your lawyer, what you do is some basic financial diligence on the business just to make sure it all adds up before you incur any legal fees. And the best person to do this is an accountant or a CPA. In Australia, do you say accountant or CPA? Yeah, either or, yeah. Either or, oh, fantastic. I'll, I'll go with accountant. We say accountant in the in the UK. Yeah. So, uh, so you get your accountant to establish that the business is what you think it is. And your accountant will do this better than you, will do it faster than you. Your accountant will enjoy it. You'll probably hate doing it. But your accountant will look through the numbers and will tell you if the business has been represented fairly. If that is the case, then you can start the legal process and the diligence continues on a much deeper level. And that diligence is, is the bit that the seller finds stressful because they're so concerned that you're going to find all the things that they've been hiding that they've been hiding away and they people don't do this maliciously they they they're worried that if they tell you the whole story you might not be interested so i think the very best way of approaching this with an owner is to say look 
you know, every business has good parts and bad parts. It's far faster for us if you tell us what the bad parts are now. Uh, it doesn't mean that we won't buy the business. It just allows us to have a more balanced view of what, what's going on in this business. And I think owners breathe a sigh of relief when you say that because they they they, they know that one day you will find out. It's way better to find out nice and early. Now, sometimes people say, well, what happens if you find something really bad in diligence? Well, you can pull out of the deal if you want to. But it might make more sense to use that as a way of renegotiating the deal to pay a lower price, to have better terms. And because you know, problems can be dealt with. It's just knowing that they exist. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Really, really powerful stuff. Now, you know, you talked about like the dips and, and you know, and, and ups of, of a business, which happens over time. And obviously when we buy this business, there's a couple of things that could happen here. Um, you know, let's first talk about that. We obviously want to grow the asset, right? As the business where possible to, to keep it going up, right? In, in our yes. element there. So um, what do you look at when you're going into this business? Obviously, every business is a bit different. This is a hard question to answer because it depends on maybe what systems and stuff that they have yeah. in their business and everything like that. But you're saying earlier, you know, we want to buy a business that has certain considerations. So what do you look at to really start to, you know, drive the business up? Um, and, you know, what once you okay. buy it? The, the, first, the first point, which I think is really, really important, is everyone who buys a business believes that they can improve the business. Now, that may well be the case. In fact, we would like that to be the case. However, you should buy the business based upon its current performance and anticipate that nothing will ever improve. And if you do, if you do that, you will never be disappointed. So you're buying it as it is right now. And the price you pay is for a business as it is right now. Every seller will tell you about the potential of the business, but you don't pay for the potential. You maybe buy it because it does have potential, but you don't pay for that future potential unless you structure the deal in such a way that you pay, pay more if the business performs at a higher level. So coming to your question, how do we improve the performance of the business? Well, we either start doing things or we stop doing things. Those are our two immediate levers to pull. We stop doing things that lose money and we start doing more things that make money. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I bought a business seven or eight years ago that was uh, I bought it from a private equity firm. Um, you would imagine that it had been very well run. It hadn't. It had been very badly run. As a result, it was uh, it was losing money. It was losing three hundred thousand pounds. What's that? Seven eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and uh, it it was it was absolutely crazy. It was just it was it had too many staff. Um, no one knew what anyone else was doing. There's no systems, no processes. Uh, but the reason I bought it is because it was a digital marketing business. In the core of this digital marketing business there was a recurring revenue element. Now, a recurring revenue element is where the customers pay every single month. You don't have to go out and get new customers every month. And they were buying search engine optimization. They were buying Facebook advertising, that type of service. And in the middle of this business was this core of this recurring element. And that was the part that I was interested in. So I stopped the business doing all the things around the edge the web design that lost money, the video production that lost money, the social media that 
division that lost money and just focus the business on the one thing that made money. And within six months, that business was making a profit. And then I was able to sell that business for 1.3 million uh, pounds. I think that's about $2 million, 11 months after buying it. And I bought it for a dollar, by the way. I bought it for, I bought it for nothing because it was losing money. Now, I'm not saying for one moment, you know, I, I'm this in incredible turnaround expert because I think that all of these turnarounds require a little bit of luck. You need a little bit of luck on your side to help you in the right direction. Uh, and I always say to people, never buy a turnaround as a beginner. Always as a beginner, buy a successful, established, profitable business. Do the turnarounds later when you've got more experience. Yeah, awesome. Love that, mate. Um, really, really powerful stuff there. Now, also in a business, right, there's, there's a couple of different stages. You know, this business, um, the owner may be working like a lot in the business, or maybe the owner is not really very involved, right? And it's somewhat under management, which could, you know, change the, the valuation of the business. And everything. Yes. So you want to maybe talk about a couple of these different instances and how that changes, you know, the way we, we buy the business as well. Yeah. In many cases, the worst business to buy is an owner managed business where the owner is managing it on a day to day basis, turns up at the office every day has the relationship with the customers, the staff, the suppliers, um, is, is instrumental to the running of the business. If the owner is out for a day, um, the, 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 the staff don't quite know what to do. They haven't got anyone to ask if the owner's on holiday for a week, it, it starts to, it starts to go downhill and the owner comes back and says, Oh my goodness, I can't leave this business for a week without it falling apart without me. Now that's the worst type of business to buy. Yeah. If that happens in a week, what happens when the owner hasn't been there for a month? So that is typically the scenario with smaller businesses. So with smaller businesses, they've often stayed small because the owner micromanages everything. And then when the, when the owner wants to retire, wants to get out for all the reasons that we've mentioned earlier, it's very hard for someone else to come in and step into their shoes unless you are a business buyer looking for a job because then you've replaced the owner and now you've got the job of managing the business. We avoid those businesses. They're too hard work, they're too fragile. I was talking to a client recently in Canada, looking at an accountancy business, four members of staff. I said, tell, tell me about the business. He said, well, four members of staff, one of, them, one of them is the owner. I went, okay, so they're going, so there's gonna be three. Uh, one of them is the owner's wife. Well, they're going as well. So there's now only two. Oh no, he said his wife was gonna stay. No, she's not. She's out of there at the same time. Um, and then there's the owner's son. Okay, so he's going to go. So we're left with one person. One person is going to be saying, I'm going to be doing the job of four people who's going to quit the next day. There won't be a business left. What we want to buy are established businesses that have management. And they are usually the businesses that have several million dollars of annual revenue. And they're the businesses that have a finance department to run the money. They have operations. They have a manager who manages the business on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and these are the businesses that do not rely upon the owner of the business to be there for the business to be successful. And typically the larger the business, the more developed that management team. Now, the interesting thing is this, it's easier to buy a larger business than it is to buy a smaller business.
Everyone thinks that, oh, let's buy a small business is the first one because it would be easy. Big, big mistake. Buy a larger business, you will get a far better return on the investment of your time and your energy. You will buy a business that's going to be more successful. You'll buy a business that's more stable. You'll buy a business with better financials and a business that makes more money. You know, if you buy a business that does $300,000 a year in uh, revenue and makes 20% profit, that's $60,000 a year. Okay. Now that's not a business. That's a job. If you buy a business doing $3 million of revenue a year, making 20%, that's $600,000 a year. Now that starts to move the needle. That starts to pay off the mortgage. That buys the holiday home. That buys the overseas holidays, the trips. So this is a very different ball game when you get into the larger businesses. And they're easier to finance because larger businesses have proven something. They've proven success. Smaller businesses haven't proven that success yet. I hope that makes sense. But I always advocate going for the larger businesses. Yeah, definitely. Um, to me, it does. And um, hopefully to everybody else as well. Um, you know, more stable asset. And um, yeah, don't don't get too caught up on, oh, it's a massive multi-million dollar business. How am I going to afford it? It's like, you know, find the way on how you get the financing, right? Yeah. You, you've said there a, a very good thing there. I think it's, it's, it's not about, people look at a business they, they're interested in buying and say, how can I afford it? And that is a massive limiting belief because they're thinking about, what have I got in my pension that I can draw down? What have I got in my savings? Yeah, can my brother-in-law lend me some money? They go through all these, how do I get the money together? This, can I afford it? And the answer often is no, I can't afford it. Instead of thinking, how can I afford it? Think, how can I fund it? How can I fund this business? What assets does it have that I can use as collateral for loans? Does it have invoices that I can borrow against? Does it have cash in the bank? So we can use the cash in the bank as part of the payment for the business. Have we got a highly motivated seller who would accept some of the payment in the future? You know, so, so we think, how can we fund it? And we put together all the funding pieces and the answer is yes, we can fund it. Or sometimes, no, we can't fund it. But if it's no, we can't fund it, we just move on to the next one. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Really uh, shattering those beliefs. And, you know, it is very possible, especially when you can get guided um, every step yeah. of the way. And and talking about guidance there, I know that you have a YouTube channel as well. So, yeah, yeah tell us more about, um, yeah, what's on there? Yeah, uh, nearly 200 videos all about buying a business. So um, the majority of the videos are interviews with people who've been onto my courses, who've gone off and bought businesses. And they've done it step by step, following my system, following my process. And they're from all different walks of life, all different business backgrounds. Some people have never owned a business before, and now they own a multi-million dollar revenue business. Some people were in business already and have bought other businesses to grow their existing business. And I interview them about what they have learned, what they would tell other people to do. Interestingly, I always finish every interview with the same question, which is, um, someone who's watching this interview about buying a business they're thinking about doing it they're not quite sure what would you what would you say to them and every single one of my clients says the same thing they say get educated learn how to do it and then just do it just take action do it everyone says the same thing so the youtube channel full of full of great stuff about buying a business if, you, if you're interested in this subject 
you're gonna you're gonna spend it'd be like netflix for you you'll spend hours there you'll spend an entire weekend on the channel yeah awesome love that and yeah we'll have it in the uh the show notes as well with a link and everything like that to uh to the uh the youtube channel um i'm sure i'm going to be checking it out um much more as well and let's talk a bit about coaching and mentoring now right because i know in business it's, it's extremely important you know to have that and i'd love to hear from your perspective about coaching and mentoring and and what it's helped you you know to achieve yeah sure so so i i really wish back when i was 19 i'd had someone who'd guided me um yeah in in business um in property as well i mean i i started buying buying some properties in my 20s without a plan and you know my property portfolio over the years has grown and shrunk and it it's never really had a direction because no one got hold of me when i was younger and said right this is what you need to do but you know something you can have a mentor at any age it doesn't you don't have to be young to have a mentor and yeah if you want to do something faster then you find someone who's already done it say what did you learn what's your process and copy it because why would you reinvent the wheel and make it up as you go along? So years ago, about seven years ago, um, I'd just done uh, some some uh, business acquisitions and uh, people started to say to me, how did you do that? Because they owned businesses themselves, but they'd never bought a business. And I, I put on a, a workshop for them and I got them sitting around a table and I said, right, this is how I do it. And I showed them all the contracts and I showed them all the, the numbers and the paperwork and how it all worked. And uh, and I thought that was it. You know, I thought this was like a one off. Uh, and then the following week, people were contacting me saying, I heard you did this workshop. Can you do it for us as well? And before I knew it, I, I had uh, another business, which was helping other people buy businesses. And both of my parents were business owners and teachers. So they they um, they owned a, a, a private school. And they were teachers in that school. So I picked up a little bit of the, the business owner side of things and also a bit of the teaching side of things. And I love breaking down a complex subject because buying a business, mergers and acquisitions is a big subject. Let's not you know, pretend that it isn't. It's a big, big subject. And breaking it down into bite-sized chunks so anyone can understand and anyone can implement. So the deal makers business the dealmakers academy business has has come out of that one little workshop that i did seven years ago and now we have clients all around the world a growing number in australia i hasten to add a growing number in australia it's quite phenomenal and another new client joined us last week and and this is where we can actually hold your hand through the entire business buying process yeah awesome i love that completely agree with the power of coaching mentoring and getting there faster right because we can try it it might take us you know five ten years to do it why do that when you can you know you can do it in a year or something like that and, and follow exactly. the process of others so yeah that's awesome um and one thing i'd like to just ask you talked about that a lot of people don't talk about the failures and things right you know in businesses they just talk about the good side yeah. do you want to just share you know a big business failure or something of yours and um you know whether you overcame that or how it happened yeah yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's, there's been loads of things that don't go right. I mean, anyone who's been in business for six months knows that things don't go right. I typically forget them pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, during the during the pandemic, I bought uh, 48 businesses very, very quickly. And people ask me for advice on, um, you know, what, you know, what do you say, Jonathan, about buying 48 businesses during a pandemic? And I say, don't buy 48 businesses during a pandemic. It was incredibly stressful. I mean, the pandemic was a stressful period for anyone in business anyway. The uncertainty, staff not coming into the office, trying to deal with all of those 
the emotional side of things for everyone as well. Very, very difficult, combined with doing 48 acquisitions and trying to integrate them. And it, it, it was it was challenging. Um, and, yeah, I, I built a sizable business, uh, but it took its toll on me. I actually ended up in, in hospital. Um, I had stomach pains that were beyond anything I'd ever experienced before. I couldn't stand up. I was having to lay down all the time. It was the only way to sort of ease the, the pain slightly. And it was it was awful. I went to the doctors and I'm one of those guys that never goes to the doctor. I went to the doctor. Doctor said, right, straight to hospital. I had a colonoscopy. Now, I don't know about you, but a colonoscopy is not my favorite medical procedures. Out of all the medical procedures, a colonoscopy is not my favorite. Um, but they couldn't find anything. And I thought they were going to find an ulcer. And they they couldn't find anything. And uh, it, it was because it was all stress. It was all psychosomatic. It was all stress-induced. My daughter brought her spellings home from, from school, and we were going through the spellings, and one of the spellings was unhappy. And she looked at me, and she said, that's you. And I said, what makes me unhappy? And she said, work. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Not only am I damaging my physical, mental health, but also I'm, I'm becoming a terrible role model for my daughter. So um, I looked at, yeah, you know, I've got this business. I was in the business with a business partner who knew way more about it than I did. I mean, she had the ex the, the industry expertise. I was just there as the the acquisitions person. Um, and yeah, it was it was a reasonably big decision, but it was actually quite an easy decision. I just had a conversation with her and we agreed that I would pass ownership over to her. So my exit uh, was not a spectacular, yeah. You know, hundred million dollar exit uh, but i got my life back i got my health back i wasn't unhappy anymore um and um uh, yeah so so yeah you, know, you use the word failure was that a failure I, you know, I guess you could look at it in some ways as a failure in some ways it was an incredible success you know we we went from zero and in less than three years you know you know all of our competitors were private equity backed we we bought we built the fourth largest group in the sector um without yeah, without even actually a uh, a bank overdraft, uh, we didn't have an overdraft on the bank account, and we did it all using the techniques that um, uh, that that I teach. But to be fair, yeah, I've never met anyone who's done forty eight deals so quickly. Um, yeah, it, it it was probably I, I bit off more than I could chew. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And um, yeah, you, you know the damaging potential potential you know to our health um, which we don't want to happen but then how you flip it right it's around the mindset about you know how you know some big challenge can or failure can can turn into something great right um if we if we you know make the right decisions um from there so i love that and um yeah it's been a very very powerful episode um you know value packed today and as we're um starting to wrap up i just like to ask you know what one key piece of advice would you like to give to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today life is short you never know what's around the corner. And I think we spend too long worrying about what other people think, second guessing ourselves and uh, and holding back because we're worried about what happens if it doesn't work. And you know, all these doubts that get into our minds. You know something? You will never regret taking action. You will only ever regret not taking action. So I would say to anyone listening, if you're thinking about buying a business, get educated. You know, learn how to do it properly. With you know, don't don't just don't just think you can do it after listening to to a podcast interview, for example. But 
learn how to do it properly, but do it. It will be absolutely life-changing for you. I've seen people whose lives and businesses have been turned around with just one acquisition. Um, and, and that can be you too. So just take action and make it happen. Yeah, awesome. Love that. Completely agree. So true. And yeah, we connected through our network. So I learned about your awesome journey from being an entrepreneur since dropping out of uni at age 19 to now having made, you know, 40 business acquisitions and, and much more in what you've been doing. Uh, you're an awesome guy, you know, a lot of value and wisdom. And I'm sure you need to help other people buy businesses and help them avoid the expensive mistakes. You know, very grateful that we connected. I look forward to working with you. So Jonathan, how can people find you and get in contact with you? Uh, YouTube is a great way of doing that. So, um, you know, find all my my video content on YouTube. If you're on LinkedIn, send me a message on LinkedIn and, and connect with me there too. Yeah, awesome. Definitely check out Jonathan, guys, YouTube, LinkedIn. Um, so much value, as he said, over 200 videos in uh, YouTube and, um, you know, connecting them on LinkedIn as well. Definitely knows this stuff, um, you know, from today. And and I want to thank everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. And please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. And if you want to grow and scale your business, you can reach out to me in any platform to see if we're a good fit. And I completely agree with you. Or do I? The only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.